Welcome to another edition of On the Inside Track. How do we know which choices are ours to make? How do we know the best choices to make? Join me as my guests and I explore defining moments from there to here. I'm Debbie Hazelton on the Inside Track. My guest this week is Jim Pemberton, and you can hear Pemberton's Basement on ACB Radio Interactive Monday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern from 8 to 12. And uh, Jim gave me my first slot on ACB Radio Interactive 10 years ago for the Good Energy Mix. Welcome, Jim. You were telling me before we got interrupted here that radio started for you at age three, the love of? It did. Uh, Basically, uh, I grew up kind of with uh, the big AM radio sound. This was back in the era um, in the 70s when you still had the big AM top 40 radio stations. And this is when you had, you know, live disc jockeys 24-7 and when you had... uh, you know, stations with a highly compressed sound and a lot of uh, reverb on the DJ voices and jingles. And it was kind of a, it was a little bit more of a showbiz thing uh, that you don't really have so much now. And for whatever reason, even as a little child, I was captivated by it. And I wanted to, I wanted to figure out how it all happened. You know, how did they, how did they make everything happen? Where did they get all this music? Where did they get those little songs that, that uh, gave the call letters that the radio stations had? I wanted to know everything there was to know about what made the radio tick. And that I never let go of that. I, there's, there's, still, there's still a lot of that inside me, even though you know, I've been in the radio business now for a little while and I've, I've done it and I know how the magic of radio works. It still kind of has that, there's still like that little kid in me that, that still, uh, you know, every time I sit down in front of the board and turn the microphone on and get ready to go on the air, I get this, uh, this little thing, this little thing that turns over in my stomach and, you know, makes me smile. Oh yeah, Jimmy Buffet. Larry and I still laugh about that. Yeah, exactly. So no wonder you're so good. I've heard you with uh, with Rachel's little girl. Oh, Delaney, yeah. Yeah, oh, talking she's... about radio. So here we have a little excerpt from a show that Jim did with several other friends. I think it was Tom and Daryl, Larry. I'm not sure if anyone else was there. Rachel was on the phone. You know, we can hear Lady Rachel still on ACB Radio Interactive on Tuesday mornings, her Soft Sounds program, and her little girl, Delaney, who was a year at that point and is now approaching her second birthday. It's so funny to hear these guys going gaga. And the, the question came up, do you remember the first, like the first music you heard, or, or heard, the first music you heard, Yipper? I know. I love that kid. Yes. First intelligent conversation at the studio. Yeah, I know. There we go. 
think we have a radio personality? I think oh, you're yeah. Right. I think that, she, I think that she, child doesn't have a chance. She's going no. to be a radio jock, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so we were asking, do you remember you know, some of the first music you heard, or do you remember the first time you ever heard rock and roll? So I thought I'd pose that to you. Do you recall the, the first time you ever heard <laughs> <laughs> Delaney's like, yes, I recall it was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. D- Delaney is uh, channeling uh, Linda Blair in the background, I think. I'm not sure what that's about. <laughs> like, background? I don't know about background. <laughs> I, think yeah. it, I think in English... I think that used to means uh, you're not paying attention to me or acknowledging me. <laughs> <laughs> that girl already loves the telephone. I think Rachel's going to be in big trouble when she gets older. <laughs> How many words does she officially know at this point? Well, that's one of them. Um, the one that she's saying a lot is, I think she's trying to say. <laughs> I think she's trying to say Delaney. Okay. But it comes out. Do way, do way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's do way, si- do way, do way. Do way, do way. Do way He's so, so fine. Well, you know, Delaney's a three syllable word. That's a lot to ask for a one year old, you know, so she's probably just doing the best she can. Oh. <laughs> 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 what? When's the last time you fed her? Uh, about 30 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Well, that's not it. Well, it could be. <laughs> They're all inside what? the phone and I can't get to them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jim and Uncle Larry and whoever else those other people how, are. How do I open <laughs> this phone up and get in there with them? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Little exactly. I can do that. Exactly. <laughs> do you remember actually going to a studio as a kid? I do. Um, I had a cousin who was... Uh, a member of the Cub Scouts, I think it was, and uh, they were going to be taking a tour of what was, at that time, the big Top 40 AM station in Springfield, Illinois. It was uh, the Big 14 WCBS, mm-hmm. and, and of course, that's what all us kids listen to, so, uh, you know, my cousin and, and his mom, knowing what a radio nut I was at the age of like six or seven years old, I got to come along with that. And you, you'd have thought I was visiting Mecca. Oh, you really, wow. <laughs> it was, it was incredible, you know, just, you know, meeting these, meeting these disc jockeys who to me, you know, a little kid were, were stars, oh, you wow. know, I mean. You know, I mean, as an adult, you, you you get to know these people, and you realize that they're human beings like you are, and they have the same foibles that you you do, and they pay their bills, and you know, uh, yeah, they swear in traffic, and you know, have family <laughs> problems like everybody else does. But when you're a little kid, you don't really think about that. You no. think about you know, here are these guys, and they're always happy, and they like our kind of music, and they're funny, and and you know that kind of thing. So they kind of become stars to you and that's really how it was even you know on a local level and i was fortunate that you know everybody i met that day was super nice to me and uh you know it 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 pretty much nailed it that day i I said to myself in in some manner this is what i'm gonna do with my life or at least as much of it as i can and were you already blind as a child yes um i was i was born with uh with eyesight and uh Essentially, what happened is uh, at about nine months of age, um, my parents had noticed that my eyes had essentially become transparent. Mm. Uh, 
you could see straight through them, which I gather is not uh, desirable. So, <laughs> <laughs> so from there went you know went to be checked on and you know the medical checkups and to make a long story short, the, I was determined that I was an RP kid. I had retinoblastoma. Oh, okay. And uh, basically, you know, this is 1970, and at this point, you know, medical technology in 1970 wasn't what it is in 2016. So there weren't a whole lot of options. Um, the uh, the cancer had had spread to the to the point that really the only two things that could have been done were a take your child home and uh, you know love on him for however much time he has left, mm. or b t- do the surgery, have his eyes removed, and we can fit him for for prosthetic eyes later assuming he makes it off the table which he's so sick he may not oh my gosh and Mm. you know my parents basically looked at it along the lines of well if we take the chance and he dies in surgery we it will it will hurt us badly but at least we can live with we can live with the fact that we we at least took the chance you know, that he might have made it rather than just surrendering to it and saying, okay, he's just going to die, you know? So that's what they did. And, and, and obviously I made it. And, um, as fate would have it, uh, you know, 22 years back when my own daughter was born, uh, and at three months of age was diagnosed with retinoblastoma as well. Um, that's essentially how it went down. I mean, oh, you know. The, wow, I did not know that. I knew you had a daughter, but oh gosh. Correct. Um, basically, what had happened was um, her mother had taken her in for a standard checkup at three months, and um, they were looking her over, and they they said, "Well, you know, we're noticing some abnormalities here. We we probably need to refer you to an oncologist." And you know, and Janet said, okay, well, fine, if you want to give me a referral so I can make an appointment. And they said, no, ma'am, you, you don't understand. We mean right now, this mm-hmm. minute. And uh, the very next morning, she was in surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the uh, doctors removed one eye. Uh, it was too far gone. Um, now, technology had advanced to the point where... Um, they we had the option of radiation treatment uh, for the other eye, uh, so we decided to go with that, knowing that there were risks involved there. But we were given uh, the prognosis that there was probably about a seventy percent likelihood that they would be able to save, you know, at least if not all, some of the vision in that eye. Mm-hmm. So we decided, okay, you know, in fact, it was one of those things where. You know, after meeting with the doctor, you know, Janet and I talked about it, and our conversation went like this. I think we should do the radiation. Yeah, so do I. It's like there was no... Not was any no, debate, nothing. Right. There was no hemming and hawing. It was, you know, I thought, and I thought back to, you know, what my parents did, mm-hmm. and it, it was just, there was no, I mean, there was no question about it. We had to take the chance. So we did that, and that, you know, it wasn't fun, believe me, because there were, you know, routine... Mm a few times a week doing the radiation uh, it led to you, you can't explain to a three month old that you know this thing that these strange men that are doing that frightens you and hurt you are necessary yeah you uh. can't can't do it and so it would get to the point where 
you know, Janet would be driving Katie at 5.30 in the morning to the hospital, Katie would know what was up and would immediately just start screaming. Mm -hmm. And that affected her, you know, well, well into uh, her infancy. I mean, we up to... Oh, I forget how many months in, but uh, for quite a ways after, you know, the radiation treatment was done, she was still having night terrors. Oh, I can and imagine. I can tr imagine. Trust me, you never want to see that. Uh, there's, there's nothing in the world that will make you feel more helpless than that, because you can't stop it. But well, it no. And how is she now? Because I think that some of this stuff, I mean, are there any long-term effects of this emotionally? From an emotional standpoint, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, there were some physical things that happened with with the eye. I mean, you know, there were still some other tumors that, that cropped up later that had, it, had to be excised. But, but that's been quite some time. The last surgery that she had to have was a cataract surgery, which sometimes is a result of, of the radiation treatment and that kind of thing. Uh, so she had to have that when she was 11, and that limited her sight a bit more in that eye. But... I would, I would guess that her vision in her in her one eye that can see is maybe twenty eighty. Mm -hmm. That'd be my guess. So she's not going to be able to drive, and she needs, you know, three different set of glasses for you know reading or computing or walking around. But it works out. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the thing that's good about Katie is that um, she is she's very good at accepting the world as it is, mm -hmm. and I envy that because yeah. I'm not. That I, I'm not good at accepting the world as it is. I'll rail against it and beat my head bloody against yeah. it, trying to change it. Uh huh. You know, whereas you know, Katie has always been okay. Well, instead of beating my head against it, we'll walk around it. Personality-wise, she's so like me; it's frightening. I mean, <laughs> we <laughs> to her mother's chagrin, Katie and I both have the tendency to to start laughing at really inappropriate things. <laughs> So I know you do a lot of radio, but you do other work as well? Correct. Uh, my full-time position is with the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. And um, I've done a lot of different things there. I've kind of bounced around from division to division, depending on who needs what done. Uh, my current project is uh, they're in the process of kind of creating and beta testing uh, some apps uh, you know, that would run on, say, the iPhone or the Android or, mm -hmm. or that sort of thing. Um, that would be of use in a lot of the Illinois state parks, such as, say, uh, Starved Rock State Park in northern Illinois or uh, Giant City in southern, southern Illinois. There's quite a few. And what they're basically setting up in beta testing now is um, basically that certain areas in these parks or certain attractions uh, that would have kind of a story behind them or a history behind them will have a barcode. And if you have the app installed on your phone and you scan the barcode with your phone, you'll suddenly hear my voice telling you the history of, you know, oh, that stop or what happens if you turn to the left or, you know, what's what's directly in front of you or that kind of thing. So uh, it's, you know, it's very much in the beta testing stage now. So, you know, it's not really for public, public release just yet, but assuming that things go well and so far they have, uh, that's kind of my project is uh, doing a little bit of script writing, but more so just, you know, recording these voice prompts and, uh, you know, kind of these demonstrative, demonstrative audio things that you'll be able to find with the, uh, with the apps, which, and, and, I'm, and I'm actually really liking that project. This well, is you're kind of good a, at that. Yeah. I well, mean, I'm trying to. I, believe me, I'm, 
I'm, I'm, it's funny because I'm so not an outdoors person, but I'm learning a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure you, you, you have to get a mental picture of it to be able to do it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But exactly. then to, to record them, I mean, I would think that would be right up your, your oh, alley. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing I've, I haven't done, you know, for yeah. so long in the radio biz. So I like it. We're having a good time with it. And, and the people I work with, I like a lot. And what else is important to you? Because, I mean, I think of you as somebody who's who's very fun. And at the same time, like you said, you don't accept the world exactly the way it is. So, you know, very serious and principled in a way. What, what are some things that are important to you? Well, um, I think... One of the things that I have to kind of keep in mind, you know, just so as not to be driven nuts by the world around me is just kind of trying to remind myself that um, the only thing that I really can change, the only part of the world that I can really, you know, affect a serious change in is the little pocket that I'm in, that I'm given, you know, and and the people who are in my life over whom I have an influence, you know, and, and you know, so that means, you know, treat them right and be there for them and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. That's that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, the people you love and the people who love you in return. Especially when you look at, you know, this, you know, bizarre political state that we find ourselves in, you know, yeah. in, in, in the U.S. right now. And just, you know, a lot of that and just, you know, it just seems like we're going off the rails and there's no stopping it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's days like like these that you really do kind of have to remind yourself that, you know, n- no matter what happens, you're going to have people around you who are going to go through this with you and who care what happens to you as much as you care what happens to them. Well, that's and, true. You know, that's and, true. and in that regard, you know, you can, you know, create some peace for yourself or you can, you know, influence your small sphere of, in, you know, influence for the better. It feels to me like you have a really nice community there. I mean, when when you all went through the very sad experience with Rachel's dog, um, the way that you all banded together, and other times too, all getting together to, you know, whether you're there to watch a game or go, go to a concert or hang out or, or grieve or be with with Delaney, Rachel's little girl, or, I mean, it just feels to me like you are a big part of this really great community that you all have. Boy, the, the dog thing was rough. Oh, I, I, I had no idea. It wasn't my dog. So I had no idea that it was going to affect me in that way. I really didn't. As it happens with, with all dogs, they get old and they, you know, their body starts to fail. And Well, it's great that you, you know, you have you have your job you have you know you have your daughter you have a community of of friends and helpful people and um it's New Year's Retro Eve. It's today's Light Rock 987629 Light is the busy 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 request line. Let's go back to it. Hi Light Rock 987. Today's Light Rock 987 New Year's Retro Eve with the Gap Band by request you dropped a bomb on me I am James Roberts, Iberia, Spooky Down, Get Down, Turn Around, Pemberton. He is... Steve Parker. And... Lady Rachel. Lady Rachel, yes. We're kind of sharing microphones here. We are having a blast here in the studio. 629-like and a lot of phone calls tonight requesting pretty much anything you want to hear, um, well, within reason. (laughs) And how much radio are you doing now? 
Well, um, I'm the program director of WQ&A Radio uh, here in Springfield. I've been in that position since mm, 1999, mm-hmm. and uh, that means that I'm on air, and I'm also kind of um, responsible for everything else that's on the air and making sure that all of the other uh, volunteers on the staff uh, know what they're doing and, you know, they're trained on the equipment and what's acceptable to say and what isn't acceptable and, you know, that kind of thing. WQNA, for those who don't know, is a community radio station. It's a non-commercial station that is uh, run by mostly a volunteer staff of just people who do it for the love of it. And um, so I'm, I've, uh, I've done that since then uh, for a time. Uh, For several years, I was also working for a commercial radio cluster uh, here in town. Uh, Most of my job was on uh, WNNS, which is uh, an uh, adult contemporary station here in town. I was kind of doing a lot of part-time work there and was doing uh, a show called Saturday at the 70s, which I loved. Oh, my God, I had so much fun doing that. They basically... the program director essentially gave me carte blanche and said, look, you know the 70s music better than I do anyway. Just program it yourself. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. <laughs> so I did. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, we had a we had a fun time with that. I, so you're still uh, overseeing and doing all that with Q&A. Well, I know overseeing it. I know between you and Larry, you're there all hours. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'd do without Larry, man. He's been my... <laughs> He's been my uh, he's been my MacGyver essentially. Oh, <laughs> that's Larry. We need a few clones. I know it, man. We, he's done so much technical work for me with, you know, with the computer and upgrading our automation system mm. and you know fixing things in the middle of the night. And seriously, I don't know what the hell I would do without him. Well, it's just great you guys are able to get together and have fun. I know that you know he really appreciates you and loves to tell funny stories about you. There are a few. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened with the idea of putting the phone in various appliances throughout the house? Uh, okay, well, if we're... Re- uh, I'm hoping blender and microwave are on the top of the list. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, if we're really that bored, which apparently we are, let me... Um, Don't go flushing anymore. It's... Why not? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to... I'm going to put the phone in a secret location. Secret location. Okay, okay here we go. Hold on just a second. I'm going to put it, uh, where will I put it? Here we go. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, we will put the phone in, hold on, hold on. Okay, we'll go over here and we'll do this. Okay, putting the phone in secret location. Here we go. <laughs> well, that was a nice sound. There you go. Oven? Yes, I did put the phone in the microwave. Ah. <laughs> ah. But you didn't push the... Yes, I did. You didn't hit start. Yes, I did. Ah. Yes, I did. I didn't hear it start. I, I didn't hear it. Did you... I mean, you actually hit a number, like, typed in a, something I and hit... I like, you know, like a minute and then just stopped it right after I started it. Ah. I'm not going to, like, leave my phone in there. You mean you don't want it to melt? No. Oh, but, okay. I mean, you did actually start it for a second. Yeah. I did. That's weird because I didn't hear that. I believe you, but I didn't well, hear a well, thing. Here, I'll do it again. Blair says, "I'll tell you where you can put the phone." Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> here, well, here, I'll do it again. Here we go. Closing the door. Well, I heard the beep. I turned him up all the way. He's like, <laughs> okay, you can turn it off now. I hope he. Please turn it off. 
Turn it off. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I one second was all. Oh, he's back. Are you there? I bet he. I bet he dropped out. No, I, he didn't nuke the phone. What I think happened is that the once microwave... The, once the magnetron fired up, it, 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 the, disc, phone, the phone disconnected. So he'll have to, he'll have to go back downstairs and reconnect, reconnect it to the... Uh, yeah, depending on how the phone works, he might be able to... Yeah, he's gone. He might be able to just stick it in the uh, base. Yeah. Well, now, it's discon- now it truly is disconnected. Sometimes it, if you quickly... I hope he didn't... I really hope he didn't, hope he didn't fry the phone. Yeah, probably the... Uh, uh, <laughs> Probably, yeah, like you said, the magnetron fired up, and it was so close near RF. Yeah. Plus, those things are supposed to be RF shielded, so I'm surprised it worked at all once he closed the door, to be honest with you. That's actually kind of scary, I mean, think about it. it. <laughs> Tom and Daryl Show. Well, that was a great idea. Let me just say we have a really good bit to play over and over again. Because <laughs> I didn't hear it. I didn't know what it sounded like on the Well, air. you I heard you we heard the I turned you up all the way, so we heard you pushing the buttons. Beep 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 start a second later. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I think I'm you better answer know. the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry? I love it. <laughs> oh god, that's funny. Oh. I don't know who this is, but Oh. <laughs> oh God! Well, what what else do we need to include here? Anything you can think of? Well, um, I mean that's that's kind of the uh, summation of it. I was thinking of of something that happened um, a couple of months back, and what made me think of it is what you were saying about kind of the real side of radio, commenting about how you, you have people and you can have a lot of fun with it and be freewheeling, but then something serious happens and you can react to that. And we kind of had uh, an unplanned thing with that a couple of months back uh, involving the nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. Oh, heavens, yeah. As you well know, mm-hmm. uh, the aforementioned Larry and Rachel both were Orlando residents. Yes. Um, they're both living in Springfield now, and... Uh, I had gone in to do my Sunday air shift, and this is when, you know, the story had just broken early that morning. Mm. So, you know, we're about 12 hours into it, and there's still a lot of things we didn't know and and that kind of thing. And uh, Rachel called me as I was, you know, playing my first song, and uh, I just said, you want to go on the air? And she said, yes, and we really didn't plan it. And for about two hours, she and uh, myself, and then we brought in... uh, our buddy uh, Jake Longwell from uh, Global Community Radio, we basically just kind of played not a whole lot of music. I played a few gospel songs, but other than that, we just kind of said what we were thinking, you know, just kind of, kind of, uh, you know, what was on our minds and what, you know, what we were feeling, you know, particularly poignant, you know, with Rachel being a native of that city and still having Mm -hmm. such a love and knowing so much, you know, knowing where everything is in that city and, you know, knowing the people of it and how they react to things as a whole in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was just, it, it was just what, it, it was what it was. We just didn't plan it. Well, um, what ended up happening was um, we ended up getting a bigger response to it than we thought, uh, including one of the other stations that carries uh, my radio program, Pemberton's Basement. We're actually on nine affiliates now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, one of the stations that airs it is in a little burg called Angelica, New York. 
and apparently the station manager heard what we were doing, loved it, and contacted us and said, would you mind if we air that tomorrow afternoon? Because we, I, I really want people to hear what you said. Oh, so, and, and of course, sure, absolutely you can. So, mm. you know, that made us feel good. That because, is again, great. You know, we really hadn't so much as talked about, okay, how do we want to approach this or whatever. We just literally, you know, turned the mics on and did it, you know, and just whatever was on our minds, that's what we said. And whatever emotions were, we were feeling at the time, that's what we, that's what we put out there. And, you know, that's, we did it because, you know, we thought it was the right thing to do, but also, um, you know, taking it a little bit away from the shooting itself and looking at radio itself, that's the kind of radio I want to hear. Me you too. Know, I want to hear real people talking about real things. Well, yeah, because it, it, it helps to it helps to grow community. It helps to strengthen community. Oh, sure it does. I've seen it, I've seen it dozens of times, mm-hmm. you know. You, you could never tell me otherwise. You know, yeah. it, it absolutely does. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about community radio is that you can do things that wouldn't necessarily fit in on a commercial radio station. And you have some of the same affiliates. I do, thanks to you. <laughs> thanks to you and, and Jake. Yeah. Yeah, I, I recommended you to, to him, and he loved it and said, can we, can we do this? And I said, well, I'm sure you can. But, oh, you know. I've just been delighted. Thanks, Jim, for being with me on the Inside Track. Track.